You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast. I believe it's episode 23, and then I believe it's the legacy number 523. But I ended up at one point, I looked at our feed, and I had I had named two episodes 20, and I think I'm all screwed up. But I'm here with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? Is it 23, do you think? I think it might Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, it sounds okay. <laughs> we have a bunch of books me and you are going to talk about, and then I do believe that by the end, we'll have Zach fill in. And I was going to make the joke with you. It's like somebody did ask me, hey, do you guys just give all the crap books to, to Zach? And the answer is yes. That's what, yes. what it is. It is the books. I'll tell you, anytime Zach comes in and I do believe he's going to be doing the uh, Planet of the Apes this week. Uh, it's not that we tell him to do those books. He actually wants to do them. We're not touching. Them. And and those, we can't say, give them to the X-Men podcast like we like to do. There, there's do a like bit to. of a feud going on I know. between us and the X-Men show. I'll just say they're both sus. That's all <laughs> I think. And the best is, too, is when you're in a feud between Two sister podcasts, brother podcasts, whatever. You have to watch out because the one who wins the feud is the one who's editing both those podcasts, and that would be me. So would we'll be see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I f- I feel bad for Zach though because he, he's really trying to get into Marvel, and you just get stuck with the, uh, the yeah. Duns. But he likes those things. He actually like he's a huge Declan Shelby fan, so he, he loves the alien stuff. But he seems to really want to get into the Planet of the Apes. So I hope that this week's issue is good. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. But he also ends up. I don't know. He gets involved in some books like, say, a Spider Woman, or and I'm like, all right, well, you just take that one over. But he is getting <laughs> into the stuff and he's having a good time. So the Avengers that's sometimes. All that matters. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't want to mention the Avengers because I still think that people will say, oh, but that's Jed McCain. Get mad at us. But you, you the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, the Avengers. I said, eh. but we'll, we'll figure out. Me and Jason. He wants to get into something else as well because me and him were doing the Avengers Inc. And that ends up getting canceled. It's like bad luck. Mm-hmm. Bad luck to do anything with me, I, I think. But we'll see. We'll see how these books are. But like I said, me and you are going to do three books. We're going to do Amazing Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, and also Night Thrasher. Maybe Zach will do issue number two of that, right? Maybe, maybe yes. we'll get him on that <laughs> one. When we get to that, we'll, we'll shove that over to his way with all that. But as we get into this, everybody, if you want to read reviews from Sus Gabe, you can go and read those at WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. And you could also go to our video page on the YouTubes. That's Weird Science Comics. Also, if you want to get more and more podcasts, if that's your thing, you can go and check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science. All these links will be in the show notes. And over there, we have a bunch of shows, including... A bunch of shows that me and Matt do We do a crisis slash events podcast We're doing zero hour right now What we're probably going to do next It's another recommendation from old Eric Shea Might be House of M That might be the deal Just to throw out there for a Marvel thing Since this is the Marvel podcast I do believe that'll be the next one That we end up doing But we had just finished Secret Wars The Jonathan Hickman one We did the classic one a while back, that's what started out that podcast and all sorts of things. We we leapfrog between the Marvel and the DC on that. So 
We'll check those out. And yeah, just go and if you want to go over and get a free seven day free trial, see how things are. That's available as well. So hit the links, do that. But we're going to get into this. We're going to start with what should be the big book. It's the gang wars. It's almost over. We're almost done. In fact, this is the penultimate issue of the main book. This book is the one that really matters the most. I don't think that's a shock. Uh, the problem being is some of those others seem to have to tread water because nothing's happening. Yeah, in this definitely. main book, and that continues. Uh, just as an aside, we say this all the time when we talk about this book, but is anybody into this gang war? And really, if you are, if you were somebody who's like, oh, man, I'm reading Amazing Spider-Man, first off, I feel sorry for you. But when you're doing that, like, <laughs> oh, man, but I have to get all these other, but you don't. This is the only book that kind of matters, but really, it feels, in coming from us doing that events podcast, where when we do that, we just read the main book, this has the feeling of the things that we don't like when we do that where you're just not getting a lot you're, you're getting a couple fights it's more about janice beetle yeah tombstone spider-man doesn't have anything to do and continues to really not belong in this story he's just there as a passenger he's just there as kind of a side deal and then she-hulk has to be they're really everything. pushing she-hulk in these she-hulk books. actually is more important in an amazing spider-man event than Spider-Man is because Spider-Man is the least person of import here uh, of all of them. And then at the end, it does reveal, it seems in this, I said, penultimate issue, it might just end up being Tombstone who takes over New York City. And if that's the case, I, I won't have a problem with Tombstone taking, but I will have a problem that it took this long just to get Tombstone to take over New York City because with Kingpin bowing out, not doing anything, that power vacuum, I would expect Tombstone to be one of the bigger guys that would go. And in this series, Zeb Wells kind of featured Tombstone at the beginning. So it's just one of those yeah, things. You need that many issues. Coming full circle, you don't need it. And it's also annoying because he's presented as a hero now. And then he's just going to kind of go back to his criminal ways. <clears throat> Here's the weird play and see how it goes. I don't know why, but I'm I'm already losing my voice. Uh-oh. I think it already knows that I'm mad. But here here's the weird thing. At the point where Tombstone goes to get Peter, She-Hulk, Electra, they're like, hey, I'm gonna join with you guys. But boy, that throws my reputation out the window. I'm never going to be able to be what I was before, exactly. but I'm just gonna do it as, you know, a dad who wants to save his daughter. Now in this he does maybe he also might crush her head i don't know but (laughs) by the end are we just gonna get well it looks like this is the brand new tombstone is on the up and up because that's not what i want and then also what does that even mean like we already have you know new york city luke cage is the mayor what have we really done with that yeah you have a tie-in here where he looks like steel uh, and then gets in a mecca but we haven't really dealt much with Oh my god, I want to see the nitty gritty of Luke Because there wasn't any book to really do it in So what are you going to do with two He can't even overturn that superhero law Or whatever it is Really, that was the best I know, like, the weird play is the way Oh, Tombstone put, or Tombstone Kingpin put the Fisk law But then he went off There would have been a neat little play where When Fisk was there for the three hot minutes They're like, can you sign this? Hey, no more Nobody goes with it anyway I mean, legitimately, in this issue you have all of the here. They're all in Central Park, all gussied up. Nobody cares about the Fisk Law. It's nonsense. But this is Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm telling you, I'm already upset. Amazing Spider-Man number 43. 
That's written by Zeb Wells. Oh, my. And it's penciled by John Romita Jr. <laughs> He's struggling here. Scott Hanna on inks and Marcel Menez on colors. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Again, something we always say. Me and you like John Romita Jr. And the minute that I said people have to give him a break, when we had a couple issues that I thought looked good, he completely went down the toilet. This art looks really bad in my mind. There's a lot of wonky things going on. There's a lot of character faces, designs that just don't feel right. We said, I think it was the last issue where <laughs> everybody had the bobbleheads together to kind of throw us off, things like that. But this is going to be just full out. We knew what was happening. Everybody was heading to the Central Park. Now, what you do right before that, though, because Zeb Wells has done crap on crap about it, is one of the one of the only reasons that Peter is even really invested in any of this is because Randy ended up taking the bullet for him and mm-hmm. Jennison in is in a coma. So you start out, and I'm like, okay, they're in Harlem Hospital Center. There's he's Spider Man. He's there, and I'm like, who's that girl in the? Oh, it's Randy. <laughs> it looks like a girl. I actually thought what they were doing was, I thought it looks like Janice. I thought it was Janice, and we were seeing the idea of, oh no, Janice gets hurt. Now let's see how she does get hurt. And you almost can play it out. I mean, it actually could have been that the way that it goes down, but you just have Spider Man. Oh man, I'm gonna make this right. Hey Randy, you're gonna wake up. But what are you gonna make right? You know, this whole thing, like I said, he's barely involved. Then you see a close-up and it looks like he might have a potato head. But then you have (laughs) Robbie come in and it's like, hey, thanks for being here. He would want you. I mean, he wants you to be here. All right. And he's like, I'll be back. When I do this, he'll wake up and everything will be fine. All right. Are we ready? And he goes and climbs up on the roof. And then you have what looks like, I don't know, ghost Electra. Mm -hmm. Electra doesn't look like she has a head. In the steel, it looks it's like eyes. scarf. Yeah. And then it's like, it's off. And then you got like a Miles. You got Spider-Woman. She-Hulk, of course. And then Tombstone just there, you know, looking bad. Badass. <laughs> I do. The, be- the best is, is all this. They're like, all right, we got to fight. Hey, uh, you know, Lincoln, you want to get in something a little more comfortable? He's like, I'm good. He's there in his nice yeah, dress suit. Yeah, he's got his suit. dress suit on. Yeah, I'm like, I do like that, uh, that Spider-Woman. It's like kind of not related to this necessarily, but she is back in her classic costume that caused all that controversy. <laughs> it got canceled and now she's right back into yep, it. She's right back. And then, yeah, you have Miles there who finally at least has shut his mouth about all the, oh, Peter, you Yeah, he wasn't doing that. much of his Miles talk in this issue. No, no, he's not. He again, had a couple lines. These characters are here. They do next to nothing. Uh, the one thing, though, is that Miles says, well, I was mad because Peter ghosted me, but that's not as bad as Electra, who now looks like a ghost. So you, you go on with that. It's like a little humor in this. Mm-hmm. But you go on, and when we see the map, to me and you were laughing, because it is now Beetle versus Madame Mask, except the little bit of the heat. There's the heat. Nobody cares or knows about the heat. I, they're <laughs> just there. I, I get the idea that they might end up doing the play of Oh, my God, the two people, like, it's almost like class present. You have the two popular kids. They're duking it out. And the one nerdy kid who just keeps to himself. Sneaks in. They separate the votes and then sneaks in. The nerd wins. I I would be okay with that. I think it'd be funny if the Heat won. It would be funny. Plus, I did want to see what maybe Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron would do as heads of the deal. Yes, exactly. So you have all that going on. And then we, we go to Central Park. And this is all the issue is, is 
We're going to take you down, Janice. Yeah, Madam Mask. Well, I'm going to take you down. Let's fight. And they start fighting. Peter and his gang show up just to kind of mix it up between them. Yeah, they call them the, the moral fanatics. That's a weird line. So when you have this fight going back and forth, you have Madam Mask. She's obviously controlling, especially Count Nefari, her father, and also Silvermane. But then Digger jumps in him. Digger's probably our favorite guy in this, yeah, right? Good. We or love Digger. Good. Oh, yeah. I love her. And so you also see, like, you can sit there and like, okay, well, I see Rabble but from the back, which was an odd play of not showing Rabble from the front pretty much ever. And, okay, uh, Miles is going to go after Rabble. Okay, we have this. You can almost tell what's going to happen, and it does. And you have Janice, Madame Mask going at each other. And, you know, Madame Mask is using these gauntlets, ends up what looks like destroying Janice, but not. Then She-Hulk busts through. It's all the AIM guys just yelling like doofuses. They're just fodder. They don't do yeah, anything. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're just like, hey, hey, boss, me too. Ouch, hey, boss. And then yeah. She-Hulk just runs through. What did I miss? She yells. Everybody's with their clips. Uh, and then you do have, say, uh, you know, Electra and Spider-Woman look like they're flying. And then also you have Miles come in who's going to go after Rabble. And then Spider-Man's just going to kind of, you know, hang loose, it seems. But then we get the the guy that we didn't know who he was, the guy that was with Madame Mask, you know, who we always said was Blade Light. Yeah, Blade I, or I Blade's cousin. I looked it up. I actually figured out who it was, and now I forget, but he's there. I forget, too. Lincoln goes and starts fighting him and punches his sigil tattoo, which then breaks the control that Madame Mask has on him for him to reveal it's that like he's paint actually. Or something. Yeah. It, it, I, it looks like to me it's like a like an energy deal, but it doesn't work. But somehow it gets smeared or smudged. Yeah, it gets like hit. And he's <laughs> like, Oh, you you broke me out of this mind control. Thank oh. you. I'm an undercover FBI agent. Uh I'm here to take down the gangs. And then Lincoln's like, Oh, you want to take down me? Oh no, not really, but we're worried about your daughter. Okay. Good night. Boom. Punches him, knocks him out. I'm like, all right, well that's much and tombstone doesn't even listen to him and he looks and tombstone's face changes a lot in this yeah too. it does it, the art's off now there are a lot of characters in it so maybe they're just you know, uh, yeah the this is a lot of issues for ramita to do in yeah, a row here yeah. and this he's, is good. And there's he's one doing more coming. it so yeah it's cool that he's doing it but just doesn't look and i was wrong you actually have rabble from the front when she's shooting out what looks like nerf missiles that are like also she says these are self-aiming lithium vapor propelled mini drones. She is three feet away from Miles. There's He's dead. why are you shooting drones out like that? Everybody's dead. And hey, your your sword. It's just so that you can be reminded he has the venom saber. Nothing happens from well, it. Well, and there also there's some good dialogue from her earlier when she goes to Octopus. She goes, uh, nice tech. You still buy DVDs, don't you? Like, uh, Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I, she should have responded like, actually, I get Blu rays. And then still, <laughs> I bet she just like, no, I actually stream my stuff. Ooh, I use Plex. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what would any sort of response like, oh, you got me there? <laughs> it's just an no. odd thing to say, is it? I don't know. If you were like, it's the idea. No, no, I, I actually have a Betamax machine. Ooh, yeah, Betamax. you are so old school. It's nonsense. So all this going on and for the overall story, Nothing really happens. Peter does go and tries to pull the gauntlets off of Madame Mask, but it doesn't seem to affect anything. He pulls them and off, but they don't do anything. It doesn't matter. She she doesn't need those. They were just extra that she got yeah. from uh, what's Rabble? Yeah, from Rabble. Rabble gave her that. So, and but you say that, 
it pulls off one. She still has the other. She's going around. To- so then Peter hits Al. <laughs> yeah, the owl in. jumps at him just to show the owl's here, I guess. I don't. There's no other reason for him to be here. And it's like such a weird – it's because you have Madame Mass controlling everyone. So says, Alza, get him. Tilaksa. And yeah. then realizes, again, like should have at the beginning, you have to save your super attack, which is, hey, everybody, kill Spider-Man. Now they're all going after Spider-Man, but, I mean, are they – because no. we have a bunch of AIM guys. They're Nobody even does anything with them. Most of the people are already beat up. And the ones that aren't, you know, you have going on. But who can she control? Who can't she? The sigils. That, it's just the people who are already attacking. Even though at one point, you know, you do have a couple AIM guys. Like, it, it's not great. It's not great at all. And Spider-Man is punching Madame Mask. And that allows Janice then to think that she's going to get this upper hand. I'm going to go in and take care of things. And that's where her father... Tombstone comes in and says, hey, I want you to hang back. I'm worried about you. I didn't want you you to get involved in this business. That's why I never told you about it. It's actually a nice moment, I thought, for Tombstone. But that's what always triggers Janice. And she's like, well, I'm not your little girl like that anymore. I take what I want. I'm going to be the one. Daddy, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, expand the power. I'm going to. And then he just punches her. (laughs) He clips her wings first. Rips them off. Mm -hmm. He rips her wings off and then doesn't even allow her to turn around. Hits her in the back of the head. That mask, this is that upgraded adamantium, all this crazy, this big, that dents in. That that kills people. Uh I'm sure she's just. That's like the salt part of your skull there. All I can think of, well, there we go. She then from here, Harlem Hospital. It was her at the beginning. No, no, it was just a very. Effeminate looking Randy But yeah she's out (laughs) Randy's out And then Lincoln says there's one Person who's going to you know Win this and it's me and you're like All right well we wasted a lot of time to get To that but man I like your look Look at him with those I don't like black Jeans and they I know they're (laughs) probably Dress pants but they look like jeans and I want to Pretty more form fitting than I would think he would Go for Yeah and I want to think that maybe They're like back in the day Chuck Norris Action jeans where you could do a lot of Like flying kicks and stuff because I think he's going to rip those pants, and they're probably expensive. Look mm-hmm. at him there. And, and of all the things in this, I don't mind that right there, Tombstone. He looks kind of cool. But Tombstone, yeah, cool. throughout the issue, he morphs in and out. If people didn't know Tombstone because of how he looks anyway, you would think he is kind of a morpher. Mm-hmm. But he's not. Like so, his superpowers are morphing yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, other things that happen... Electra is fighting but not doing anything. She's fighting Silvermane. Yeah, her weapon breaks on the adamantium. He makes a joke about it. It's like it's like were you raised by wolves? Mm. Whatever. And then you have uh, Spider Woman. She is uh, fighting Count Nefaria. That's that's the whole thing. It's just it's what we thought it was going to be. Unfortunately, it was just going to be a bunch of people just fighting. Spider Man again is just kind of going in between everybody, and then oh no, everybody's attacking me. But even after that, you see, not everybody. It looks like Ames. He's just going to mop the mop. It's it's nothing. So all in all, it's a disappointment. But I've come to expect that. I But make it seem important. Make it seem like there was a reason that this is in The Amazing Spider-Man. Make it seem like it is going to have repercussions. That will mean anything. And by the end of this, it's just a dud. It continues to be a dud. And it's kind of infuriating. Uh, but what would you give it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just real quick before, like, it's even the fact that it's in Central Park in the daylight. There's no like any kind of police presence or helicopters flying around or anything going on. 
it's just its own private event, basically. It just it's very unbelievable. Um, I, I, I'm gonna go six point five. I, I I still give Ramita some credit for having to deal with this nonsense. Yeah, he does but, deal with a lot of stuff, and it's yeah, just so it's, it's weird, a little off though, just overall. Yeah, I'm a five, just a okay. regular five. I just I I couldn't get behind it, and and when you see at the end, it's like the biggest joke of it all is at the end when it's like to be concluded. You're like, I didn't even know it started. Like it, it barely <laughs> even went. You didn't explain anything, and you brought up something that made my score go down to a five, and it gets me mad. The idea that you don't even only occasionally will see anything that is like, oh, what the city, the reaction, and and half the time that's in a tie-in, like last week's Daredevil, that was ridiculous with that family running around. Like, what are we doing here? What it, it makes yeah, it feel it, less. It's just. And I what Tombstone seriously. does at the end is so crazy. Like he's trying to protect his daughter, but he basically kills her. I, I looking at it now, it'd have been better if he ripped off the wings and then like wrapped them around her so she couldn't move or something. Took uh, the mask off. Just said, smacked her in the back of the head. She's dead. She can't walk yeah, anymore. I'm sure she'll be fine. They'll just have this thing. She's like, oh man, I have a headache. And, and again, to start <laughs> off with Amnesia. like, okay, amazing Spider-Man gang war, and all you keep, all, all you've set up at all is Randy. You completely left that behind at a point. Now you have to go, oh, that's what we have, so go. I'll do it for you, Randy. I'll do it all. And they're like, what are you going to do? Like, at the end of this, if Tombstone ends up winning and becomes the, the king of New York, what are you going to think? You helped him do that. And there you are. You did. And you know, at the end, it's going to be, hey, thanks a lot, Spider-Man. We're enemies again. If I see you, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. The, the classic trope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, right? He- yeah, he wasn't. He was. Yeah, he was on his side. He was fighting Ma- uh, Madame Mask totally. And then you'll end up like, uh, "Hey, uh, Jennifer, can you write up some papers or something?" Like you're a lawyer. <laughs> At least they got back. At one point, that was all she kept yelling anytime yeah. she'd show up. But it's bad. But I'm a five year six point five. We'll move yeah. on now to the next book. And the next book is another Spider Man book, Superior Spider Man number four. It is written by Dan Slott, pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, and letters by VC show Caramagna. And on the cover, you see an old guy. I thought it was the the father, the older like grandfather from King of the Hill. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. What, what's going on? He still there? has his kneecaps though. Isn't it cotton? Yeah, cotton, cotton Hill. Yeah, I thought it was cotton there. Yeah, I don't like this him. cover. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't love it either. First no. off, if you kind of knew. You'd be like, okay, that spoils a bit of it. But also, and we'll say, it's Uncle Ben on the cover. L- look at that belt the guy's got. Well, Spider-Man is, belt buckle. Come on, man. What is going on here? So you, you end up like getting it. into this issue. It's it's not great. And we have been really liking Superior Spider-Man. In fact, that when I make videos of our reviews, almost every bit of naming it thumbnail has been almost trying to like fight people like mm-hmm. come on you got to read this put all your dance slot hate behind it's this and spider boy we've been telling people these are pretty good books if you aren't enjoying the zeb well stuff and i don't know if you just heard what we were saying you may realize that we don't so it was a good alternative and a lot of people say well if you're gonna read anything by dance slot why not be the superior spider-man stuff it's his best stuff but this issue Shows you that the story is kind of paper thin. I don't know why an issue four of something that should be big, this whole Superior Spider-Man, do we get an issue that is member berries, that is just kind of, hey, you can't do this, let's fight, and then at the end going, okay, high five, let's, 
you could have done everything in this issue with a page and mm-hmm. then went on, but there's obviously writing for a trade, writing for whatever. And me and you were talking about is that it was from the very beginning. This feels the concept feels like it should be a mini or maxi. They never really say anything because they never like to announce things like that because a mini or maxi doesn't sell as good as an ongoing, but it really feels like this should be, you know, you said a six issue. Mini. There are at least six issues. We don't know if there are any more than that. It, we'll see how it continues on. And, it, you know, even when you had Dan Slott doing other things, you know, sometimes things kind of change names. They keep going. And even this kind of comes out of his other things. But I don't know. You ended up at the last issue, though, it was the big cliffhanger. Oh, no. Doc Ock's going to do the Superior Spider-Man. I mean, really do it. And we didn't think that would happen. So I, I was thought like, he okay. actually did it. Yeah. And I thought, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. People will like it. It doesn't make sense if you think about all the books combined. But hey, go for it. Let's see what that means. And he ends up where at the beginning of this, you have Peter fighting it. You can't do this. Oh, my God, Doc. You don't. And he's like, you can't stop me. We already did it. He's actually in Peter's mind mm-hmm. uh, trying to get to the point of fully switching. Now, remember, he wants to do this because he needs to save Anna. By the end of this, you get that neat little twist. I'll tell you, I think that the only thing that I like is the idea of starting it with, I have no other option. He's crazed. I got to stop. Supernova has Anna. That is Doc Ock's fault. He, uh, the only way I can stop her is becoming Superior Spider-Man in Peter again. To then at the end for Peter to remind Doc, remember how we defeated Goblin and saved Anna the last time you gave me back my DLC? I have that back and forth. But the idea where you just, they're just going to fight. They're fighting in the mind. So what you're going to get is a lot of classic costumes. There's there's more custom changes in this than there is at a Lady Gaga concert. I was gonna say that Lady Gaga. <laughs> I usually go share, but I wanted to update my Beyonce, game. Beyonce, maybe. So yeah, so you, you end up where that's pretty much what it is. You even at one point, I swear to God, at one point the art's like, oh, that's Andrew Garfield. All right, we do this. We keep going, and then Doc's Doc Ock says, since I'm in the mind, I could do whatever I want. Oh my God, I'm Doc Ock. I'm so great. I have the Sinister Six. Here's the Sinister Six Hundred thing is we kind of have seen this stuff before it's a neat page you get all these villains but the thing is you're in peter's mind so i think he might be able to do some things as well which he says oh yeah well we're in my mind so here you go and he does end up where if this fight ended up happening at this point the the sinister hunt they're done The rogues gallery would be taken down pretty fast i'm going with the idea here that peter is so confident that the that Aunt May is there. I mean, like, really, you don't need Aunt May there. She's not going to, but she's there because he's so confident that everybody else is going to mop up with them. You do end up having one of the best things ever, though. Mary Jane's there. I don't see Paul from here to eternity. He's gone. Nowhere to be found. It's so good. How are the ducks there, but no Paul? Yeah, no Paul, but Spider-Boy is. You have all these things going on, but I'm telling you, if you see this page, you have the who's who of really hard hitters and you could even take half of these away doc ox in big trouble but you never get this fight what you do is you're gonna go through the memories oh man we're gonna wrestle now because i remember i when i was in the memories you first wrestled crusher hogan but none of this really means much because we zip in and out as the customs change as you have different things going on yeah there's some people trying to help at one point too but you'll end up having young doc ox then you'll get the old Doc Ock, then you'll get the sick Doc Ock, 
you'll get Peter in his black Spider-Man costume. Well, it's just, it's there. It, it would be neat if it was something else, maybe. But where we are in doing this, it just feels like complete filler. The art's okay. I, I think people will get a kick out of the art. But do you agree, like, some of the things happen too quick anyway? Anytime I see dream or mind of the mind, I kind of check out. So it's it's not as invested in it. Yeah. It's weird, too, because this whole thing is dream warrior until it isn't, but it kind of is. Because then they end up where Doc Ock, and he's just, here's the thing, too. If you really want to get, you know, laughing, Peter beats the living crap out of sick Doc Ock. <laughs> like, poor sick Doc Ock. He, he can barely move. Yeah. Peter slabs him. Just- Relentlessly smashing them down Says never again I'm like oh that's not so nice I didn't like that look man That always freaked me out I was glad when he died or whatever That's really freaky But then says (laughs) Don't you understand what we're doing Why we're doing it It's because of her And then all of a sudden in the mine A giant supernova pops up And you have Peter yell supernova And then Doc No you don't Anna She kind of comes in In the hand None of this makes sense But then we go off to supernova and we said before, we, we got from the beginning, and I said one of my pet peeves lately in the past couple of years, there are no villains. They are just heroes you haven't met yet. It, 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 every villain is just a good person needing a hug. And I think that's <laughs> what's going to happen with Supernova. Oh, yeah, totally misunderstood. Supernova was tricked to get out of the whole, you know, abandoned aim base where she ended up having, you know, in a cell, Anna was in a cell. Says, oh man, you know, you're kind of confined area for the first time since you were in that thing. And you had Supernova kind of hyperventilate, freak out, and want some fresh air. Goes out and actually at this point thinks, I really don't need to do this. I, I should just go roam the stars, learn about the galaxy. Almost like, you know, a female silver surf. It's basically like that, yeah. So yeah. she's like, I'm Supernova. I belong amongst the stars, just like Lady Gaga. And says, I could do that. I could travel and see the wonders of the universe, something that would be crazy. And just as a thing to remember, she is a scientist. She is a like a quantum physicist. This whole reason why she got involved in this is she actually is smarter at for certain things than Doc Ock and ended up being, you know, kind of get jealous, not even jealous, get mad because Doc Ock stole her research, all that. So she is interested in the sciencey stuff that I could see her. Roaming the galaxy And she says she'll yeah, do it and then, seeing that. Yeah, cool. and then the last second she's like Oh I would but Spider-Man goes right back All this is is a setup that I think That's what she'll end up doing She'll end up realizing hey I'm going to put all this aside I don't want it she wouldn't want to hurt Anna She's just mad at Spider-Man It just happens that it was Doc Ox but, but I think at the end she says Like I'm just going to go and travel the stars And that actually It would be cool Yeah, that's yeah. actually a cool thing to do In a way that if you ever want her back There she is If you want to have her on a cosmic book She's already out there Yeah, I was thinking like, uh, you know, Invincible with Robert Kirkman She would just fly off And then you wouldn't see her for 20 issues <laughs> And if you want her to come back People, yeah, but come back. If not, you could always yeah. just say she's out. Because it's what a what she actually would do is leave. Yeah, she just leave, and she's just, that's that makes sense for the character. So instead, she's like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta stop Spider Man. Oh my! And you are playing where she was kind of tortured. It was sensory deprivation for forever, and so she is a little off. But she goes back, wants to find Anna, 
and then just pretty much supernovas because she realized that Anna tricked her and, you know, skedaddled out. So the cool play here is that Doc Ock and Peter, while they're busy fighting in the mine, Anna's gotten out herself. Like, she is tough, and she has already gotten out. So when they double back to go get it, they're probably not there going to save Anna. I bet you that she actually saves them by coming and trying to talk sense mm-hmm. into Supernova. I think she would be the one to kind of read. Because she did. When she even said to be the dupe, hey, you were in confined. She understands. She was there. She understands what she went through and also seems to be a little sympathetic to it, even though she had to use that to, to escape. So you go back in and I'm telling you, you're right. With that sick Doc Ock, when you see just the face, it, it's not a good look. It's hideous. It, it's so bad. So. What you'll have here, it gets a little convoluted because you'll have Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. Eventually, you'll have, you know, Iron Deal, but it still gets a little bit back and forth. But so they're they're talking a lot of trash, you know, and you'll have Doc Ock. I was the best Spider-Man. I used my ideas and I was better and I was superior. And Peter, throughout all this, is just trying to stop Doc Ock from switching again. Uh, But now it goes too far because when you have Doc Ock, looks like he's about to pretty much knock the crap out of in the mind, Peter, Uncle Ben shows up. Now, he doesn't have that belt buckle in the regular deal, thank God, but he shows up to, hey, my boy, here I am, Uncle Ben, and I'm going to take care of this. And like, yeah, Uncle Ben, go. And yeah, Doc Ock, this isn't fair. He's yelling, but. It, that's okay, but it's kind of like eye rolling, right? I mean, Uncle Ben's beating the crap out of him. He's like an elderly guy. I don't know. This is Paul Bunyan. Does he have superpowers? Right? I mean, seriously, but it's in the mind. So he's got that old man strength, you know, that some guys have. He can open a pickle jar he's like with Jack no problem. Jack Lane. <laughs> he, he opens a pickle jar and then like swims the freaking English Channel, pulling a boat by his teeth. Exactly. Like some stupid stuff. Ever. Here's where I thought if you want to go with it if you want layers i would like to and maybe you can play this out here the idea that in peter's mind he is such a uncle ben's my hero he's such a you know a big guy and maybe that could be but he's way too big (laughs) he's beating the crap oh my god he's taking it out all of a sudden uncle ben's like beating up duck and he's like take that you you burglar that shot me like he keeps yelling stuff ah but he's like oh and by the way, this isn't all that's going to happen because it's not enough for an old man to beat you up. You end up and he's like, hey, I have another one and says, hey, and you have Peter's like, how? Oh, my God. And even Doc Ock, oh, my God, how? This is your better half, Peter. And I'm like, oh, Mary Jane. I'm like, oh, no, no. It's multiversal Peter Parker, the doctor. Doctor, that, yeah. Doctor Peter Parker that never was bitten by the spider. I'm like, now we're going too far. Like, already, I was rolling my eyes, but now we're going to get Dr. Peter Parker, the guy, and has to mention, I never got bitten by the spider. And then, uh, but you were still a hero, and he just blasts the crowd. <laughs> He's got tech now, you know. No powers, but tech. So remember, this is all of the mind. So, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then they just have, you know, what is always the double punch. It's always cool, but it's Peter and then Doc Peter. He's got a powered gauntlet or something. Yeah, gauntlet, right? And he's there. He's got his cane. You got it all. And they punch him, but in a way that it just, it didn't, the art didn't look good in the choreography. But then that breaks them out of the, of the mine for some reason. And everything shorted out. I thought it was going to start a fire. Those poor, it looks like the ants are just completely electrocuted, but they were trash talkers anyway. I actually was. <laughs> 
upset earlier that they didn't trash talk at the deal. Now they're there. Oh, bleep. That's what it should have said. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been good if they actually, even if you had wing dings of some sort of like, you know, because they look dead. Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. So we get the mutilation of kind of sending it spiders and also beating (laughs) up old sick Tucker. Oh, we got heroes. So you end up where Peter breaks out of this deal. And so when we get to this, we're at the end, obviously, but at the end, Ian, oh, Duck Ock's so sad. Oh, I guess that you're not going to need me, but, sh- you know, Anna needs superior. Peter has to remind, but you came and got me back to Saber the last time. All right, well, I guess I'm going to go kick the can in the corner here. No, let's do this together. And I swear to God, there was at a point where Duck Ock was going to be like, I'm kind of out of shape. I, I t- because it almost <laughs> feels like he wants him to suit up, like suit up as the su- I thought that what we'd get, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter should say to him, hey, listen, I know you haven't been, been around paying attention, but there's this new drug called Ozempic. We can get you in that suit real All fast. All the stars want to take it. And also Jim's wife, who's been trying <laughs> desperately oh, to no. figure out a loophole of the insurance because that stuff is not insured and it, it shouldn't be. We'll get you in fight and shape in no time. Back it's in that so costume, Because I, I, you would want this big play of, again, not of the mind, of real superior spider-man spider-man let's go saver plus that would confuse supernova the problem is is doc ock is not in shape and he will look like one of those jerk offs who's like 45 still trying to fit in their letterman's jacket you know Mm -hmm. on thanksgiving day going to the game and can't even button that thing anymore and it's bad (laughs) so yeah so he's like no we're gonna do it together because she needs you dr otto octavius it would be funny he's like you want me to suit up? No, just keep what you're wearing, you big fat. So let's go. <laughs> and then that would be great because they already beat him up. Say, no, you shame him. Oh, my goodness gracious. So you have to be continued, obviously. But by the end of this, I thought, yeah, you didn't do anything. Basically, you had a cliffhanger. Oh, my God, Superior Spider-Man. Then you go of the mind, of the mind, of the mind. Just have Peter break out and say, come on, we're both going to go save her. By this point, she probably should be dead. But she kind of got out herself. So we'll see. We'll see if all this comes to play. Especially like the supernova being more sympathetic looks like not going to be bad at the end because it really wasn't her fault. But not at all. I'll, I'll give you this too. If you were really going to have supernovas, okay, we're going to have villain. She would have killed people by now. She would have ripped things. She was attacking, but it was always just Spider Man. And I think that's how the play has been from the get go. Collateral damage almost killed Spider Boy, but didn't. So, you know. It's like Livewire in the DC universe. Like she. Kills people, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, but never went that step. So I think it will be just, I'm going to, like, it will be like, I'm going to go and travel the universe and look for a cure to my supernova ness. All right, see you later. Off she goes. So we'll see. And then, you know, just happens to find Rocket Raccoon or something later. You could do a lot of things. Nova. Takes care of that real fast. Oh, God. Nobody's taking care of that. (laughs) So with all that, what would you give this? I'm still, I'm still invested and I still, I still like it. Uh, I I like like 85% of the art in this. You have a lot of stuff going on. Yes. Because of that, there's a lot of like costumes to organize and all that stuff. I'd, I'd still like it. I'll, I'll give it a seven for this issue. Yeah. I can't go that high. I'm actually going to be, I want to give it a five, five. I'm going to be nice and give it a six. There but it's still one of those where it doesn't affect my overall feeling for the series. Mm-hmm. But legitimately, I mean, I can't. I'm going. I have to. I go think we five, gave five. the last issue a nine or something. I know. I, I have know. to go five five. And the reason why I'm saying that 
You don't have to, if you skip this issue, you didn't miss anything. You miss nothing. I mean, you would be able to infer, oh, Doc Ock's gonna oh no, now they're just together going off. Okay. I mean, you really didn't do anything. You're you're kinda you're trying to hide the filler with some cool past things and costumes, which is neat, but it's not what an issue. An issue it does not make, is what I say. But at least we got to talk about Lady Gaga. (laughs) I go down just because Uncle Ben shows up and then that uh Dr. Parker, which I don't really care about too much. Yeah, those weren't really like really well moments. But yeah, we re- last issue we really liked. Oh, yeah. I, and, and I still like the series. I'm still looking forward to the next issue. I just kind of, it's weird because I'll say I kind of want to get the supernova stuff out of there, but this might be all it is. We don't know. It seems like, you know, it might be, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But we'll move on to the last book that me and you will talk about. And this last book we'll talk about is Night Thrasher number one. I was kind of looking forward to this. I don't really have a background with Night Thrasher, but it seemed like, okay, it's a cool thing. Maybe we'll, you know, I'll kind of see a character that I don't know about. I might end up liking. I always like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's not what this book is. Night Thrasher number one, part one remix. Don't call it a comeback. It's got like so many names here. And there is that play. Of songs involved One coming up later that I really do like But it's written by Jay Holtham I'm not very familiar With Jay and that's Jay Period he's, he's a Mystery man yep. over here Right I'm Jay Werner But you end up where he <laughs> was A writer on some Television shows Cloak and Dagger The Jessica Jones but also uh, Super uh, Supergirl Yes oh, I was going to say something else but yes Supergirl so is coming over to comics, did a bunch of Infinity comics. It was mostly the Spider-Man stuff, Infinity comic deal. So not really, you know, a lot of a resume yet, but I was hoping, again, these things can kind of be like, all right, we need some good writers. We need some things. I don't think that's what we're getting here. But we also have art by Nelson Daniel. Okay. Okay, yeah. by Matt Miller, letters by VC Travis Lanham. It's one of those things in this where I think that the problem is, and this is something that happens a lot with people that especially come from live action things. It's it's a thing, and it, I'm trying to explain it in this way of when you write a script, you do count on the actor really selling it for you. You you could have a thing if you have Robert Downey Jr. in a scene. He could just be at a desk and people will be captivated. Absolutely. He's he's doing a lot of the work. Yeah. I'll tell you, one of the things that I just saw. Yeah. I just saw, I forget what it is. Some, oh, that um, Ford versus Ferrari, Christian Bale. I think. Mm -hmm. And you watch, I watched a clip of that. That's just Christian Bale talking nonsense for me because it's, and you're captivated because he's so good. So you're like, oh my God, and sells everything. And you're just. You don't have that on the page, though. And I think there is a jump problem there from the live action to this. And I feel like this is one of those issues that it's having the problem because you're going to have a lot of talking heads. They're going to be saying things that if you're not familiar with a lot of Night Thrasher slash uh, New Warriors, you're not really going to know what is the importance of it. But it's kind of boring as it's told. And because of that, the art really doesn't have a lot to do in this whole play. The art at points just becomes kind of like weird background noise almost because it just is very wordy, very exposition heavy, and I don't think it plays out very well. It's not a 
great cold open for a comic book, but it would work in a movie or a TV series for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you went it would in get and, over pretty quickly. Yeah, and it would be. Yeah, this whole thing would go quick. And, and in that, then you could work in some flashback, but you would a- end up seeing the reactions even from the characters and you kind of play off that, which you don't get on the page a lot of times because a lot of stuff is thrown at you. You know, you end up having a character, Syl, who is Silhouette. From the new world, never really say that. There's a lot of steps here that you want to have, like uh, an editor's note or something where, okay, if I want to know more about this, maybe that's where I could go. But it feels like Jay, period, it thinks that everybody's on the same page. That's the other thing that I get in this one is that he thinks as he's writing that everybody knows exactly what he's telling and has read everything that you need to read to get here. And how I explained it to you, whether or not you like Night Thrash or whether or not you think Night Thrash is big, whatever, the stuff that you're pointing out may not be known by a lot of people. And the, the kind of the proof in the pudding is there hasn't been a lot of Night Thrasher. Like if, if he's that big, you got to keep that in mind. And I don't think that you have a really good first issue to get me excited for Night Thrasher and why this would mean something in the here and now. At points, it almost feels like he's trying to give you background information, but he's doing it poorly. And then at the end, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Also, there's a flash mob of what appears to be kids, but the one guy has a beard and it threw us off. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute because you end up where you're (laughs) so weird. This whole deal, you end up having Dwayne Taylor. He comes back to the, well, not even comes back to the U.S. He flies from L.A. back to New York and he's going to be there for a funeral. And it's Sill's father, Andrew Cord. She's upset about it. He's like, hey, I'm back in town. She's mad because he left. And also he was dead. He ends up saying he's at the gravesite. I was dead and I came back. But you're not going to explain that. And then you just get characters thrown at you. But they're characters that everybody is involved. But you're not getting the emotion from me because I don't know who they are. And and this is, again, this is one of those where we're reviewing this issue. I'll admit to everyone here, I'm not familiar with the character. I'm not familiar with the other characters involved. So it leaves me behind completely. And I am not going to continue here. I'm going to review this as a, and my review is fully. Me, as somebody who's not familiar with this, is this good as a jumping on point to get involved with the character characters in this? And I say no. I say a big no. And I think that's a misplay. I think it's a huge misplay. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with Night Flasher in that he was a guest in a Spider-Man comic book 25 years ago. I don't know him otherwise, and that's the best way to interact with Night Thrashers through a different book or in a team book called New Warrior. Yeah, exactly. And so, again... Not by himself. If you ended up having this say, hey, I mean, this really feels like if you don't know Night Thrasher going in, you're going to be left behind because it, it involves... The new warriors. It involves Sill. It involves this foundation that is never introduced. It's presented to you as if it's been go, which it has. But to be this new starting on point, I think it's an, a really big fail. I, I really do. And so when you get to what the story is, that you can kind of say, okay, I'm confused about these other things. Maybe that'll work out, but let's get the main gist of the issue. And that should be something that everybody can, you know, play along and dance along to. And what it involves is a gang of what I thought were kids might be, you know, I don't want to get anybody out. There might be some little people here. I don't know. This one guy, these, 
these kids or whatever they're like three foot tall at points but the one has like a yeah, goatee. three three and a half yeah <laughs> like three and a half feet the guy has a goatee like he was you know some bass player in pearl jam i don't know and, and they're all in these you know big black hoodies and they're hanging around at one point after you get this idea that Dwayne is going to shut down his foundation after introducing us to these characters barely father michael walter guy ends up where hey i'm gonna shut it down but i don't know what that really means i'm here to find that out and it just kind of gets shoved aside and then he's like i'm getting out of here you you guys clock out (laughs) things are over he walks outside and he's met by the city councilman ezra akolo is like hey can i speak to you about your your foundation, the Taylor Foundation, sorry, shutting it down. Well, let me talk about it. Then we go up to a department store where kids, and all of a sudden it's smash and grab. They're grabbing everything. That They loot the whole place. But I mean, grabbing a bunch of stuff. There's yeah. no rhyme They're or reason They're grabbing cans, bottles and cans, clap your hands. They're grabbing yeah. pants, which I they better get small. <laughs> then one, one kid who is the one that looks like he might actually be from like 1994 Seattle. He's starting to grab a bunch of jewelry and suddenly has a crowbar. He's smashing things. The worst part of this is you have a bunch of security guards and these jerks cannot chase down little kids. Yeah, they're the- just running away. These kids go away. They rob the whole place. <laughs> the biggest action that Night Thrasher is going to have in this up to this point. The because you know there's the herd a herd of, of kids coming there. <laughs> like, like, you have to get out of the way. Oh, no. Maybe try to stop them because well, you won't even feel it if they run into you. So they all run away. And you have the one scruff guy. He comes in, still only looks like he's about four foot tall. He yeah, comes in short. and starts fighting Dwayne, Night Thrasher. So you want to show your character can kick some butt. He's Jean-Claude Van Damme all of a sudden, he this guy. can't even. Yeah, it, it's Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Rey Mysterio versus Kane. I mean, seriously. But then Rey Mysterio's doing all the crazy twisting and turning. You have that going on, but he gets away. And you end up having Night Thrasher, Dwayne, say, I recognize that fighting style. Here's where I want to point out, though. You get another character. Captain Armez comes in. The, the councilman, and this is where it drives me nuts. He says, they're kids. These new stores, the co-ops and high-rises, a lot of people have been displaced. It's hard. And no one is really getting hurt. These kids just stole everything from that store. <laughs> they ended up it's stealing jewelry. They ended up there with a crowbar. And this jerk-off is just saying, this drives me nuts. Oh, no harm, no foul. No, no. I'm surprised he didn't go the more thing of, oh, that's all insured. Go screw yourself, councilman. The idea that he's like, eh, just let the kids just rob and loot. We're almost done the issue, and this is what we have to talk about. This is nonsense. Hardly anything close to any sort of superhero comic. It is bullcrap. But you end up then like, I'm going to go and I'm going to look at my Night Thrasher outfit and then wonder how this kid got my moves. And that's all it is. is he gets in his Night Thrasher outfit, goes down to the subway, sees these stupid kids and finds out, oh, my God. You have rage from the new warriors. He's training them, but now he's called OG. Go screw yourself is what I say. (laughs) This book stinks, and I wanted to give it a chance. It's not a good superhero comic, and it's not a good comic. It's it's garbage. And this is the last time I will be reading anything 
uh, of this series, and I will have an eye out for Mystery Man J. Period. I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. He's on your list. You have a chance, Night Thrasher. Not a big character, and you have a chance to bring him back. You didn't do anything. You seem to mention things from before, but not explain them, and then just have him walking around, kids looting. Oh my God, the kids aren't bad. Oh, this is you going back to your point earlier. This is totally written like a, a TV show or something like that. But unfortunately, it's not. It's a comic, and it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's really bad. I still don't know where these characters are. And at the end, it might be that I'm a dummy, but I feel like a dummy because I gave it a chance, and I'm done. I am done. That's it. I'm giving it a four. What would you give it? Five. I mean, it's it's low. Yeah. Once he gets on the Night Thrasher costume. The art suddenly becomes interesting, and the issue seems to pick the it picks it up. Then, but why did you waste? But I don't even know what what does Night Thrasher do? He hits you with these Billy clubs, or what is he? I don't even know what his thing is. He bores the crap out of you. Is what he does. He stands around. <laughs> he's a sad sack. He just shows just the idea that your hero shows up and acts like a complete ass. For half of the issue. Though I don't know why or what, but he acts like an ass. And he gets the crap kicked out of him, too. And why is he not using those sticks to beat the guy up? Where are those sticks? What What's going on here? Uh, no, no, no. I'm uh, four. Yeah, this this stinks. And Zach's not going to review the next one or it's over? Listen, I, I, <laughs> I'm not a, that evil a person. <laughs> like, if, if it was something like, oh, man, if he came to me and said, oh, I like Night Threshers, <laughs> says no one. But if he did, I'd say, have at it. You go. But I'm not going to tell him he has to do this. There's no, no way. I'm not he that He has to go mean. willingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's So it's not on my conscience. I wouldn't yes. be able to sleep at night. I will say, if you're a fan of the character, I, I dare anybody to tell me that this would be the issue that would have made you a fan. And that's where I'm at. So if you really like the character, I would assume you should be more angry than me and Matt because this is garbage. And mm-hmm. it really does, like... You get this one chance. A lot of these characters only get that chance. And this is so badly written that I don't think it's going to succeed. And they'll blame the character, not the writer, because this is written really bad. Night Thrasher, everyone. Night Thrasher. So Thanks a lot. Is, Thanks for nothing. I, next, I'd rather read like an issue about Night Ranger than this. I, yes. Just the band, right? We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, but there you go. Uh, we'll go off now because after all of that, We get to go off to Zach. He's going to be talking about the Planet of the Apes right about now. Hey, all you Marvelous Marvelites. Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Podcast. My name is Zach, and today I am doing a solo review of Beware of the Planet of the Apes, number two. Beware of the Planet of the Apes, number two, is written by Mark Guggenheim, with artwork by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Alex Guimarez, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Now, there's also a bunch of excerpts from the original Planet of the Apes comic series from, I believe, the 70s or 80s. And I'm going to go ahead and give them credit, too. From Adventures of the Planet of the Apes, it was written by Doug Munch with artwork by Alfredo Alcala with colors by George Russo. And when we last left off, Lucius, the nephew of Zira, was kidnapped by an unknown entity. And we had seen Cornelius and Zira go on the look for him. They used Nova, who he, uh, who Lucius had met in the first issue, as a guide to go into the Forbidden Zone where they came across the ruins of the Yankees Stadium, and while there, they were in the crosshairs of some snipers. That's how we left off, and we pick up in this issue with another excerpt from the original Adventures of the Planet of the Apes comic. We see the astronaut John Brent being first introduced to the uh, sidekicks 
from the Adventures of Planet Apes comic, because that, that was a big thing during that comic series, was like, oh, there was this leftover group of humans, survivors from the original uh, nuclear holocaust that made the planet what it was. Uh, these are the descendants of them, the survivors, whatever it is, and they all have developed psychic powers. And so we just see him meeting them, and he realizes, oh, they worship a nuclear bomb as well. They're crazy. <laughs> and uh, so we, we just see that, and we see that they had captured Nova as well. And that's how the uh, vision, the comic excerpt ends. I know it seems weird, but the reason why is because we then pick up with this woman who is having a prophecy, a vision, whatever you want to call it. And that was it. That was her dream. That was her vision. And she screams out Nova. And her name is Mistress Ivana. And one of her aides immediately came in and was like, what, another nightmare? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. This one felt different. And I, I saw things. I saw another human colony. But their, their bodies, they were perverted. Their minds distorted by the calamity. They're mutants like us, but not like us. And that's when we get the reveal that she has a half-scarred face. And her aide immediately begins to question her, being like, I wouldn't think that there would be any other survivors. And uh, Ivana is like, oh, this is a really big world. Before the calamity, humanity measured its number in the billions, as numerous as the stars. It'd be hubris to think we were the only ones to have survived. And her aides be like, well, if that's true, well, then why, why don't we seek them out? And Yvonne is like, oh, that's not the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is why would humans want to find other humans? The last time we did, we killed each other. We wiped out the planet. She's like, why would I lead us to reunite with those who would pose a threat to? And before she can say us, she gets this psychic vision or link or whatever. And she's me like, oh, it's Kennard. And the other one's like, oh, I feel it too. And they have psychic powers as well. We then go to outside where the snipers are about to take the shot on the uh, on Cornelius and Zira. When immediately uh, Ivana shows them, she's like, no, stand down. I don't want them harmed. And he's immediately like, uh, they're two chimpanzees, mistress. They're right at our southern border. Caution compels us to eliminate them. And he pulls down his mask to show that he also is distorted. He has a messed up face, too. His eye is kind of in there. <laughs> Kind of, I hate to say cockeyed because it's more than just cockeyed. It's it's up and like diagonal on his face. But you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not judging. I'm just trying to describe it to you. But so he has kind of a messed up face too. Clearly shows he's one of the mutants as well. And she's immediately like, they're chimpanzees, not gorillas, like you said. They're not part of the empire. And he's like, you say that as though you know for certain. And then one of the other shooters is like, well, in any case, they have a human prisoner with them. And uh, Yvonne is like, I want to see. And at first, they're hesitant to give her the uh, sniper scope. But she's like, I won't ask twice, Kennard. And so he hands her the sniper scope and she looks through it and she sees them. And she recognizes uh, Nova. You know, Nova's sitting there eating. And she's like, oh, no, it's it's her. It's her from my dream. And she realizes that it wasn't a dream. It is a prophecy. And so... uh. We flash over to Zira and Cornelius, and Cornelius is just taking it all in and be like, oh my goodness, look how magnificent and advanced the civilization was. I didn't know that we were capable of such things. And Zira's me like, uh, Cornelius, I hate to break it to you, and I don't think apes did this. And he's like, well, that's preposterous. Oh, only apes are capable of this. And she's like, well, then wh why don't they use any of our language? Why is this like that? You know, she's like, just look at it. It's nothing that anybody has ever written before. The symbols, they're not anything like any ape language we've ever encountered. And Cornelius is like, well, there's only one way to find out now, isn't there? Let's go explore. 
And she's like, what? No, Cornelius is dangerous. And he's like, it's an archaeological find, Zira. One that could profoundly alter Apekind's understanding of the world. And then he gets shot. <laughs> he gets shot in the shoulder. And Zira's me like, Cornelius! And uh, Ivana's like, dang it, I told you not to fire, Kennard. And he's like, he was charging at us. <laughs> and uh, Zira's immediately holding Cornelius. And uh, Ivana's like, I got this. And she uses her psychic powers to put them to sleep and to make them become calm. We then see that she goes over to uh, Nova and's like, I need her to bring brought to my office now. And Kennard's once again, like, you're taking them into the colony. And she's like, not every problem can be solved with a bullet, Kennard. And he's like, well, finally, you're admitting we at least have a problem. So yeah, that's a little smart banner. I do like that. Uh, we then see Ivana talking to Nova in her office and she's trying to talk to her, but Nova just cannot speak you know, vocally, and so she's like, uh, you can't speak, can you? I was afraid of that. And so she starts talking to her within her mind, you know, telepathically, and Nova's able to understand her, and Ivana starts to tell her, uh, ages ago, nuclear radiation mutated the genes of our ancestors. I brought you here because I suspect you know something about that. I need to take from your, from your mind whatever knowledge you have about these other humans. And then... She sees the artwork from the original Adventures of the Planet of the Apes. She sees more of the uh, mutants from that comic series. Uh, she sees them shedding their fake skin. I, I say it's fake skin. I don't know for sure it's fake skin. They shed their disguises to show how horribly disfigured they are. And, you know, it's all just from Nova's point of view from that comic. And then Nova is me like, what, what, what was that? And Ivana's like, this isn't a memory, is it? And Nova's like, no, no, I, that hasn't happened. I don't know who any of those people were. What, what, what was that? And Ivana's like, maybe it hasn't happened yet. With our mutations come certain psychic abilities. Mine are more attuned than others. Sometimes, with the right stimulus, I can see ahead of things. I believe I just saw your future, Nova. And Nova's immediately like, no, no, that's, no, no. And Ivana's like, I'm sorry, I, di I didn't mean to scare you like this. We're going to have to try another way. Have you ever heard of a man named Mendez? And we then cut away to see the aid of uh, Ivana tending to Cornelius, stitching his wound up. And uh, Zira is immediately like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, humans who can speak and perform surgery? And uh, the one's like, this is hardly surgery. It's basic medical care. And an apology for Kennard's aggression. And Zero's me like, what? What is this place? And they, she says, it's called uh, Hope's Point. And they start to give them the tour of inside the Coliseum. And they say, it's home to the descendants of those who survived the calamity. And Zero's me like, calamity? And she's like, and uh, Ivana tells her, our name for the nuclear disaster that destroyed our human civilization. And Cornelius to me is like, oh, that is blasphemy. There was no nuclear disaster, no human civilization before us. The very name is in contradiction of. And uh, Ivana is immediately like, I'm afraid your elders have lied to you, Cornelius. Do you really believe them over what you are seeing right in front of you? And Cornelius is like, I, I, I don't know what to believe. And Zero's like, neither do I, but we're not here for beliefs or for history. And Cornelius sighs and is like, yeah, you're right, Zero. We're here to find the nephew, Lucius. Ivana and uh, her aide starts talking to each other in their mind, 
where it's like, oh, we're she's talking about the chimp the Hominidae took. Kennard said he was dressed like them. And Zira recognizes the glow in their eye that says they're telepathically communicating. And she's like, you're talking to each other with your minds, aren't you? Whatever you have to say, it would be least polite to say it in front of us. And Ivana's like, we believe we know where your nephew is. They're in a place called the Hominidae Empire. And they start to take them out towards that empire area, the kingdom. And along the way, they're all riding horseback and... Uh, Ivana is playing. She's like, it's a colony comprised almost exclusively of gorillas. They're violent, and uh, they keep gibbon apes as a servant class. And Kenner chimes in and be like, that's why I was a little too quick on the trigger earlier, because I figured you were with them, and they are some really mean hombres. And Ivana's like, that's the closest you're gonna get to an apology. And uh, Zero's me like, I, I can't imagine an entirely different city of apes. And Kenner's me like, you don't have to imagine it here. And she's like, what, what is this? And he's like, these are binoculars. And she's like, what are binoculars? He's like, just hold them up to your eyes. And she looks through them, and then she sees the kingdom of the Hominidae Empire. And it's just this massive kingdom that's built into this Grand Canyon-esque like, desert area. And it's just completely walls and a trench through it. And there's holes throughout the uh, canyon where the uh, apes live. And it's a really cool visual. And then we cut into the actual city where we see these two apes walking towards this area. And there's like, oh, how is the interrogation going? And they're like, so far unsuccessful, we haven't been able to get anything out of the prisoner. And so they go in there and we see that it is Lucius. And uh, the interrogator's like, I'm afraid further interrogation might kill him. And the main ape general who's in charge is like, you say that like it's a bad thing. And that's how we end this comic. I thought this comic was just okay. I mean, like, it is interesting seeing, oh, hey, here's separate colonies of humans and separate colony of apes. That is cool. You know, it is starting to build out the mythos in Planet of the Apes. The world is getting bigger and we get more factions, more different alliances and possibly possible enemies. And yeah, it just it fleshes out the world a little bit more. I do really enjoy that. Now, the biggest red flag for me with this comic is just having Zira and Cornelius get a little too close to these humans and finding out more because, so yeah, you could argue that, oh, hey, these are mutants, you know, they're psychics, you know, they're not exactly the traditional humans that they are aware of. So you could argue, okay, well, yeah, that's a little bit different. But at the same time, they are learning, oh, hey, there's this huge ancient civilization of humans and in the Planet of the Apes movie, they think that humans are just I don't want to say stupid, but like they think that they're just mindless beasts almost, you know? Uh, it's just like, oh, hey, they're simple creatures, that's that's it. They haven't been capable of creating this large, great infrastructure and cities and all this other stuff. And, and this, just, they're seeing like, oh, hey, humans did exist, like, as a actual society, as a civilization, even. Yeah, it's just, it's so odd. And then, you know, you also expose them to more, it's like, oh, hey, here's, here's the, like, the things we have developed, like, such as, hey, basic medical care, taking a bullet out, that, that's not even considered surgery. It's like, oh, hey, that's just easy. You just pull the bullet right out. It's fine. And it's just, it's exposing them to too much of humanity. And it just, it ruins it for me because of the fact that this is supposed to be before the events of Planet of the Apes. Now, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be a MacGuffin. Oh, hey, sidekicks. They're going to wipe their memories or something. Or it, time travel, whatever. Because they're already talking about 
oh, we're we're seeing the future and everything. So I mean, I, I doubt there'll be actual time travel. I mean, there there is time travel in this series though. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, the genie's got to go back in the bottle somehow. But to me, like this is is playing it a little bit too. I don't want to say loose, but it's very much just like a oh hey, we know we have a big red button to hit to undo all of this. So we're going to kind of skirt the line. And I mean, I guess as long as Mark Guggenheim is smart about it, it'll be fine. I don't know. It, just, it dances the line a little too much for me because it's very much like, a, hey, we're literally getting Zira and Cornelius tied up in this whole different thing with uh, this mutant society who is a different mutant society from the other mutant society that will show up down the line. And we're showing visions to Nova. Now, obviously, Nova can't communicate with uh, Zero Cornelia, so that kind of creates a buffer right there. But like, it's just you're trying to juggle a little bit too much here, Mark Guggenheim. And I mean, I'm not saying I don't trust you. It's just it's very easy to drop one of these plot points to to screw it up, basically. So I don't know. I don't know. The artwork's good. The colors are good. I think I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten. And I know I made it sound like it was worse than it is. It's not. It's it's a decent comic. My main issue is just, like, it's one of those things where it's like, whenever you do a comic that is supposed to be like, oh, this takes place before the movie, you gotta be very careful. Because it is very easy to screw up the timeline of the movie by being a little too willy-nilly with this comic. And that's what I'm getting the vibes here from. I'm like, this, I don't know. <sighs> that, that, that's my review. I don't know. Uh, hopefully there is a big red button that Mark Guggenheim's gonna hit that's just gonna reset all this. It's not gonna matter. Yeah, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility. We're dealing with psychic humans who can see the future, who worship an atomic bomb. Like, okay, it's it's fine. We can make this work. And I do appreciate Mark Guggenheim trying to take that original Adventures of the Planet of the Apes comics from Doug Munch and trying to make it work in the Planet of the Apes movie series. But it's a very fine line to dance. It's a very fine line. Hopefully, it won't bite them in the butt. So, but, all right, I'm going to end the review there. Hopefully, I didn't make any more mistakes. I'm sure I did. Please let me know. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you all later. All right, and that is it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I hope everybody had a good time. Here are the books that we'll be talking about next week. And we have a big one to start with, Ultimate Spider-Man number two. I'm looking forward to that. I think a lot of people are. Me and Matt really, really enjoyed that first issue, so we can't wait to jump into number two. We also have Daredevil number six. See what old Matt's doing. He's not involved in the gang more. He's just doing his father Matt stuff, so we'll jump in and see what that's all about. Zach is going to be doing two books solo next week because that's how he rolls, but it's Alien Black, White, and Blood number one. That combines two things I hate, Alien and also those black, white, and whatever anthologies. It usually is blood, right? Black, white, and it'd be funny if black, white, and mustard or something. Just to throw something else in there. But Alien, black, white, and blood, number one, Zach will be talking about as well as Predator, the last hunt, number one. You thought that Gabe was the biggest Predator fan? No, siree. No siree, Bob. Zach is just right there with him. We also go back to the books that me and Matt will be talking about, Spider-Boy number four and Incredible Hulk number nine. So a bunch of books we'll be talking about. And there's some other books that come out that we may jump into. We'll see how it works out. A couple gang war tie-ins like Luke Cage and Spider-Woman, but also a Captain Marvel and Sentry books 
both come out next week as well. We'll see what we can fit in or whatnot. But with all that said and done, again, I hope that people enjoyed the show. And if you want to get more and more podcasts with it, me and a bunch of the people that you hear on this Marvel show, but a lot of other people in the Get Fresh crew, uh, uh, you just go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. The link will be in the show notes, the description, whatever you call it. And when you go there, you can sign up for a seven day free trial. One of the things you can get is this podcast on Wednesday night. Usually we have early access for this podcast. So you get it that new comic book day you got the new comic book day smell going you could listen right away uh also we have a lot of reading clubs we have a lot of specialty uh, shows a lot of marvel dc manga indie all that all wrapped up into one but yeah check it out as again i say uh patreon.com slash weird science but thanks everybody and we'll talk to you all next week you are all weirdos Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.